Welcome to Last in Line Leadership Podcast, where we are operating by the standard set in Mark 9.35, where Jesus says, he who wants to be first will be last of all and servant of all. Contrary to popular belief, servant leadership is not weak leadership. On the contrary, we are trying to model and reflect the character of Christ and serve as he did. So we are here at Last in Line to empower and equip you to find the leader within yourself that empowers other people and encourages other people, that serves other people. So we're glad you're here. Settle in to this episode and enjoy your time here at Last in Line Leadership. What is up, everybody? Glad you could make it today. Glad I could be here with you. Blessed to be a part of this journey with you. Blessed that you're... uh, interested enough to tune into this podcast. I'm glad and grateful that maybe some of it is what you need to hear. I know a lot of it's what I need to hear and God's just revealing things to me uh, through this podcast, talking to you. He's really talking to me. So I hope that's um, the way it is for you. Hopefully God's speaking to you through my life and and maybe tapping you on the shoulder about a couple things that you've uh, you've heard on this podcast. So I'm excited to come to you tonight uh, because I, I've got three things that I want to share with you that have really I boil down to any success I've had in life, in relationships, in uh, building rapport with people, in sales for over 25 years, uh, married for 27. There's three qualities in myself and that I see in other people that do well in life that I want to pass on to you. And and some of this stuff is going to be common sense maybe to you. Some of it's going to be things you might already do. Some of it is going to be uh, things that you may not agree with because you think it's just too simple to really be that impactful. And I got news for you. Sometimes we overanalyze and sometimes simple doesn't always mean easy, but simple can be just the answer that we're looking for. So, if we boil things down to just simplicity, straightforward, cut and dry, foundational things that people need to have in us, what they they value in us. These are three things that we need to bring to the table that can translate into any area of life that can actually win people, not, you know, repel people, uh, attract people, not alienate people or, you know, uh, just rub people the wrong way. These three things, if we can get this, I believe if you'll be honest with yourself, you respond to these in other people. In fact, I'll challenge you, look for these qualities in people that you interact with, whether it's at job, at church, at home, uh, with, you know, extended family or friends of the family or neighbors. Uh, think about these three things and, and do a little scorecard and, and tell me if you don't respond favorably when people have all three of these and they exhibit them and they, they display them and they actually are intentional about living the example of these three things. So, these are three things that I feel like I've been decent at. Um, 
and I'm getting better at. I've maybe had seasons where I've not been as good as others, but I feel like they've been the these these have been the staples of my personality that have I think sometimes attracted people to me, sometimes have uh, allowed me to dive deeper in relationships and cultivate those and and foster those and maybe get them to another level beyond just an acquaintance, uh, beyond just a, you know a surface level interaction. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, I, I, I respond to people when they have these. So yeah, I'll quit beating around the bush here and I'll get right to it. Three things. I don't even know what I'm going to call this episode. Um, maybe I'll call it win friends and influence people. Um, since that was a book that I read a long time ago. Um, and I want to say Zig Ziglar winning friends and influencing people. I can't swear to that, but I, it's been a long time. Uh, since I listened to those CDs, if you're even remembering what CDs are. Um, most of you are, are old enough to know. Heck, some of you even know what cassette tapes are or were. Um, but anyway, so these three things, I believe, will win friends and influence people in a positive way. Okay, number one, we have got to refine our listening skills We've got to be more, uh, I want to say, empathetic when we're listening. We've got to actually care about what the other person is trying to convey, the message that you're trying to send, what they're trying to say to us, without us trying to think about what our response is going to be before we ever internalize their context, before we ever internalize their intent, uh, their their motivation, what, whatever they're trying to get across to us, before we ever digest that fully, a lot of us are already thinking about what we're going to say in response or what question we may already already have. And, and the reason I, I do that is, is you know, I'm, I don't want to forget what I'm about to say. Like, especially if I think I've got a good thought or a good question, I don't want to forget it. So I'm playing it in my head instead of actually caring enough uh, to respect the person enough to hear them out fully and to hear what their full, complete thought is. And and I got to tell you, people can pick up on that. You know as well as I do, you pick up on it when someone is giving you this glossed over kind of stare through you as you're speaking to them. You can tell when you lost them. You can sort of feel when they their attention span went out the window and you feel like maybe you're just, pumping hot air for no reason. And so empathetic listening says, A, I can sort of try to climb into your skin and, and understand fully your situation. Uh, listening skills uh, involve us being attentive and actually caring about that person. So we, we've got to, we've got to um, assume they have value or we've got to find value in them as people and in what they're saying. And, and that they have a genuine, authentic heart in whatever they're saying to us. I've been in sales in a, a long time. Really, that's all I've ever done. And so what's made me successful is when I've been sitting across from a customer and I'm asking open-ended questions and I'm asking questions that are actually genuine that I want to know the answer to so that I can provide a solution. So we've got and I'm telling you, they'll spot a fraud from a mile away, but we've got to literally be intentionally caring about what they have to say. 
uh, because we want to provide a solution because we want to actually hear them out and help them in a situation, or we want to show them the common courtesy of letting them vent or process or uh, express a feeling like that's just what good people do, you know, and, and if you've got a good heart, then you're literally intentionally wanting that conversation to go well and it be a two-way street and you actually bring value by listening to that person. I mean, in sales, it's, it's, straightforward. If you don't know what the customer needs, you can't provide the solution that best fits them. In a relationship, you can't help your wife or you can't expect intimacy from her if you're not willing to listen genuinely to what her needs are, what her desires are, what her, what her uh, I don't know, uh, concerns might be, what her needs are. If you don't fully get that and you don't fully lock in and buy into hearing her out, you're not going to get some of the back-end benefits and, and fruit from that relationship. And I, I to be a great listener, not just an okay, mediocre listener, to be a great listener, the the at the forefront of that skill has to be a selfless mindset, selflessly engaging with that other person. Uh, because then you're putting their needs first, right? we're putting ourselves kind of to the side for a minute while they express a thought. And then maybe we can interject ourselves and insert ourselves into the equation to maybe bring value or help them with what, you know, whatever need they have. That's in any way of a walk of life with our children. We need to be able to listen to them because they don't care how much we have to say until they know how much we care about their situation and want to empathize with them. Now, empathizing with your kids is one of the easier things to do because we've already been there. We've already been a kid. Now, granted, I don't always remember everything about my teenage years to relate to my teenager. And granted, those were light years apart. Culture was way different then. Technology, of course, way different now. And so it's hard to always understand what they're going through from those standpoints. But empathetically, we can get into their shoes because we've been there. And so to a certain degree. And, and so empathetic listening and just listening skills in general is, you know, what's there's a statistic that says we should, in sales, our customers should do 80% of the talking. We should do 80% of the listening. And, and then flipping that, 20% is us talking. Now, if you've been if you've been anywhere other than a cave for the last two or three years or 10 years, you'll understand that now we live in a society where everybody's got something to say and rarely are we fully listening to the other person. We want to state our case, make our point. You know, we want to kind of vomit all over and just prove ever to everybody how much knowledge we have or, or that our opinion matters most. And so if, if you can flip the script on that, you're going to set yourself apart from the rest of mainstream that's going at that's out there right now. And, and people are going to notice that because you're going to be different. You're going to be abnormal in a good way. And so people are going to want to talk to you. I've had that in my life. I, people just sort of talk to me because I ask the right questions and I genuinely care about what they have to say. And I don't, I don't want to hear myself talk. I don't want to talk about myself. I want to ask how they're doing. I want to ask about their family, ask about what they're going through. 
people see that people respect that they respond to that. And then guess what? They're invested in me at that point. And I don't have to talk about myself so much because they're already bought into, Hey, he's a good listener. So he actually cares. So I'm going to actually invest in him too. And I'm actually going to ask him some questions because he, it's a two way street of genuine interest. So that's, um, that's a long winded way to say, be a good listener. Right. We all want to be that. We all say we think we know what that means. But do you? Have you ever really tried to climb in that other person's skin and understand exactly what they're going through? The only way you're going to understand fully is if you're asking the right questions and you're actually listening to the answer. Don't just ask the question because you think that's a that's a monumental, you know, earth-shattering question and pat yourself on the back for what a great question actually understand and listen to what the answer is going to be and, and then, you know, digest that and then go from there with a solution or at the very least, just, Hey, I understand what you're going through. And, and that's, that's gotta be hard. Sometimes that's enough people. Sometimes we don't always have to fix it. So that's the first one. These are, you know, I don't even know what, what, what this called again, when friends influence people, uh, you know, when people, you know, influence friends, whatever you want to call it. But these are three staples of what I hope is my personality when people talk about who I am in addition to being kind of the the, the real deal and the authentic, genuine article. You know, I want to be known as that. I want to be known as these three things about my personality. So the first one is a good listener, an empathetic listener, an actually genuine, caring listener that I am. Second one, be an encourager. I, this is a gift, you know, right out of the Bible. To to be an encourager is a gift, you know. Uh, we 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 aren't always eager to encourage other people, point out when other people have done well, to exalt other people, to lift other people up. We're not always first of the in front of the line to pat someone on the back or, you know, hoist them up for the job they did. We're so quick to point out what somebody else has done wrong or didn't do quite as well as we did because we want the limelight. We want the spotlight. We're in this competitive world. We all want to be first, right? And last in line leadership, this whole podcast exists because of to be first, you have to be last of all and servant of all is what Jesus says in Mark 9, 35, that's our hallmark scripture for this podcast. And you should know that by heart by now. And, you know, that's encouragement is putting someone else first because of their accomplishment or because of the effort they gave or because of the talent or skill they have or what they said that made you feel good. You know, prop them up, encourage them. And, you know, the Bible also talks about he who um, humbles his, himself will be exalted, and he who exalts himself will be humbled. I don't want to be humbled by God. I have been in the past. It's a painful spiral trip downward, and it's a, <clears throat> it's a lonely road, and it's a hard, hard fall when, when the Lord humbles us because— we couldn't humble ourselves. So 
he who humbles himself will be exalted. So it takes humility to encourage other people. It takes actually thinking about blessing someone else rather than yourself getting blessed. It takes being more of a giver than a taker, which is a anomaly sometimes now in society. So I, I'm hoping that, that you can take some of this and, and take who doesn't like to be encouraged. You know, if you're a, a co coach of a sports team, you know, or a kid's sports team or whatever, if you're a coach of some kind, <clears throat> excuse me, you, you should know by now that you've got to encourage way more than you've got to reprimand. If you want, your team to respond and if you want them to play hard for you the coach that i would walk through fire for was a guy that always had my back and encouraged me yes he held me accountable yes there were some times where he had to speak the cold hard truth but his encouragement outweighed the negative reinforcement right the positive outweighed the negative and that's what all good coaches do there are coaches who only point out the negatives or only point out areas where you need to improve or only mention when you've done something wrong or uh, could have done something better. And those coaches, nobody wants to run through a wall for, much less really play for. And so I, I think, um, you know, in life in general, People are going to respond to you. If you're, if you're working at a, a place of work that you're on a team and you're relying on other people and they're relying on you in order to accomplish a goal and you're chasing after the same vision and direction, like you want people that are going to encourage you and vice versa. That's what makes the team gel. That's what makes the engine run. Uh, if, if there's so much backbiting and gossip and cattiness, you know, uh, kind of, I don't know what, you know, everybody's trying to, they're shimmying for the front of the line. It, it's not, it's, it's counterproductive for the team. Um, and, and so you, you could gain a lot by being the encourager, the voice of encouragement to those people. What's it cost you? What is the cost of encouraging someone else? Maybe you have to take the back seat to some of the spotlight. That's, that sounds okay to me if down the down the road you're gaining allies on the team and you've got more people in your corner because of those people that you encouraged versus yourself and your needs and putting yourself first. Like encouraging other people is going to gather a whole lot of people around you at the end that want to support you and that have your back because they're going to remember Every time they come around you, you've got something good to say to them. You've got, and I'm not talking about just being super positive all the time and never calling a spade a spade and never speaking, you know, genuine truth. Just everything's fluffy and everything's rosy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they want to, I want people to remember me as, hey, when the chips were down, he still found ways to encourage. When, when we were behind the eight ball and, and we were losing the battle, he still had a voice of, you know what, you're, you're better than this. Or, you know what, you, I've got faith in you, you know, or encouraging somebody else. People remember that because I got to tell you, maybe they came from a home where they didn't get that a lot. Maybe they came from a broken home. Maybe all they got told was, you know, take out the trash, brush your teeth, go to bed. You know, maybe they didn't get told they love, you know, someone loved them. 
Maybe, maybe all they ever heard was negative reinforcement or instruction. Sometimes people mean well with a good heart, but all they talk about is how we could do something differently or, or instruct. They want to instruct us on everything or teach us or train us. And that, that gets old after a while. Sometimes we just want to be encouraged. Even if we hadn't done something right, you know, right then, maybe bringing something up that we did a while back saying, Hey, you know what? I remember you did this and, and I, it meant a lot to me, or I thought that was admirable and I forgot to say something to you, but, but good job. Those kinds of things, encouragement to other people. That goes a long way because it sets us apart because not a lot of people are encouraging each other nowadays, especially if we differ in, in, in viewpoints of something. If we disagree on something, right, we're, we're darn sure not going to encourage that person. And, and that's okay, but at the same time, I think we ought to find a common ground and ultimately be able to encourage somebody at some point. So that's the second one. Again, winning friends and influencing people. I mean, these are the three things that have worked for me for a long time. And, you know, I've, I've been in sales for a long time. I've been number one in the company before I've, uh, I've been married 27 years. Uh, it's been, you know, bumpy at times. It's been hard at times, but it's been so rewarding and I wouldn't change anything. Um, been a parent for 24 years. So these things, these three staples of, a personality, what I claim to be things I'm most proud of in my personality. And, and can I grow? Yes, I can get better in all these, but these are the things I really focus on. And these things come out in me naturally because I've made it a point to make them a habit over the years. You can do the same thing. And so listen, okay, we're going to be a good listener. We need to be a good encourager. That's the second one. And then the last one, ironically right you could you could almost say you're not surprised one bit um that this is the last one but be a servant serve not only listen and encourage but serve and and they all probably overlap a little bit because it, it all they, they all three stem from a heart condition if our heart's right and our heart is about other people before ourselves sometimes, uh, most of the time, then these things are going to come out. So you're genuinely going to serve people if you actually are interested in their well-being and are interested in being a blessing and valuable to somebody else. If you're interested in that, serving is going to come out of you. We're wired that way. Jesus said he did not come to be served, but to serve. And if he's God in the flesh and he can do it, then A, we're created in his image and we're wired to do it as well. But B, who are we to not do it if he's, if he's doing it? So we could all be better at serving each other. Serving our, our spouse and our kids. Literally, like serving our kids, we don't think about because we're the adult, right? We're the... We're the leader. We're the authority, um, head of the household. What do you, whatever you want to call it? But we don't ever think about serving our kids. They should be serving us, right? And, and that's backwards. God, you know, Jesus served his disciples when they should have really been serving him. So we we have a lot to learn in this area. 
we actually have a lot to uh, implement because if, if you knew the reward from this, then you, you would probably look at it differently. The Bible says, given it'll be given unto you, right? Pressed down, shaken together, running over. But you got to first give before it's given to you. So to serve will yield so much other blessing, other people wanting to serve you because you're serving them. Uh, people want to go out of their way to help those who help others. And uh, at least I do. I mean, if, if I know someone's out there trying to go an extra mile to serve somebody, I want to make their day. I want to go serve them because they're making an effort to serve others. You know, uh, buying, I mean, just a, an example, kind of a shallow example, but a, a meaningful example you know, buying uh, law enforcement's lunch. If you see a, somebody in uniform at a restaurant, buying their food, because guess what? They spend their whole life serving the community and protecting. You know, it makes me feel good about wanting to serve them and, and take care of their, their tab or whatever, you know, just tell them thank you. I mean, that goes a long way. There's that encourager part again, is encouraging somebody verbally uh, goes a long way. But this last one, serve, literally, that's what we're called to do. You know, if we're called to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves, right, that encompasses serving. To love somebody, you don't serve people you don't love, typically. Um, so I think that's where it starts. And, and I would encourage you, if you're having a hard time loving people, start serving them first and see what follows, see what happens after. Over time, if you're going out of your way to serve somebody that maybe is a hard one to actually love, see what happens as you continue to be faithful in serving. Because what I say, we're wired that way, and if Jesus can do it, who are we to not? So go out of your way to serve somebody that you may or may not necessarily uh, feel inclined to be close to or to love or even like maybe a coworker, go serve them. See how that changes their personality. See how the interaction between you two changes. See how they might actually want to return the favor of serving if you take that first step. So it just, it, it goes to uh, taking the first step, being the first one to do it, kind of extending the olive branch to somebody else without anything in return expected, right? Even though the Bible principle says, you know, we, we reap what we sow or press down, shaking together. Like I said, give and it'll be given to you, right? Even though the Bible promises that, that's not why we're doing it. It's not our motive, but guess what? That's a byproduct of us taking that step and intentionally, proactively serving someone. And so that's, I mean, those are three. And the serve is servant leadership. That's what this podcast is. That's what I try to stand for. Because, and, and some people would probably say that seems like an oxymoron. Like that seems counterintuitive. A servant leader. That doesn't seem right. It seems like leaders are followed by servants, right? Rarely would we think servants would be leading. But I'll tell you, leading comes in all shapes and sizes. And leading by example is a way to lead with serving. If I'm serving my children and I'm serving my wife, guess what? My kids are going to see that and want to emulate that when they get older. They're going to want to be a servant because guess what? That's not weakness. Serving is not weakness. 
And they're going to see that. They know that that's going to serve others. It's going to benefit others. We're going to be of value. People are going to want to be around us. It's going to be attractive to people if we're serving, if we're encouraging, if we're listening. And it's all genuine. It's all from a good place. It's all from a good heart posture. It's all from our heart condition that wants to serve God's people and be more like Christ. Those are our goals. Everything else will take care of itself. But these three things, if we can listen, right? If we can encourage and if we can serve and if we're actually thinking about those things, when we go out in our day, if those three things are at the forefront, write those words down, listen, encourage, serve. If you can humble yourself and get real intentional on these three things with every interaction you have in the day, right? Work, church, home, friends, fellowship, whatever. Go implement these three. Tell me, send me an email, lastinlineleadership at gmail.com, and tell me I'm wrong. Prove me wrong on this. Your relationships will get stronger. You will get blessed beyond anything you can imagine. You will honor God in the process. And guess what? You'll look behind you and you'll see, wow, I've got a lot more friends than I ever thought I'd have because this works. People respond to people who listen, encourage, and serve. Go do it. Apply it today. We just got better today. You and I just got better if we actually apply what we're talking about. With that, be blessed. Make your escape. 